Seismic upgrades are part of OHSU's long-term strategy to increase the resiliency of its campus and prepare for a major earthquake. The state of Oregon recently awarded OHSU two grants totaling almost $3 million to help with this endeavor. It's Tuesday, December 5th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Josh Anderson sat down with Matt Stormont to discuss the grant award and how the upgrade process works. Well, hi, Matt. Thanks for joining me today. To start, what is your role at OHSU? Well, thank you. Um, my role at OHSU is the operational compliance manager for facilities, and that entails um, a lot of compliance for the organization within um, specifically the healthcare group, coordinating any survey roles with Joint Commission, which is our accrediting, current accrediting group as well as uh, OSHA reviews and DEQ and other regulatory bodies that come through the organization. Um, We'll have city fire inspections as well, and I participate in those with the city departments. I also interface quite a bit with the Oregon Health Authority, which is the uh, state agency responsible for overseeing hospitals. So for your day-to-day, what, what does that mean? What does all that mean for everybody who's up here, uh, patients on the Hill? Yeah, that means basically making sure that we have a safe environment for our patients and staff and visitors, and um, as well as our workforce members. Uh, so I work diligently with a lot of the other team members within facilities to ensure that we have a safe working environment that is um, healthy and uh, a good place for them to, to be and receive care that they need. In addition to healthcare spaces, I also uh, spend a lot of time making sure that our research and academic areas are uh, a safe and functional environment as well for um, the future of healthcare as that is being created before our eyes. Can you tell us about the Oregon Seismic Rehabilitation Grant Program? Sure. The Oregon Seismic Rehabilitation Program, or SRGP, is the program that the state of Oregon has created uh, to upgrade our infrastructure throughout the state of Oregon. Um, It's a program that uh, benefits hospitals and emergency service uh, providers, as well as school districts and uh, higher education facilities. And the goal of the program is to increase the, what they call the resiliency or the strength of the buildings to withstand a seismic event like an earthquake or uh, large windstorms, things like that, that would really take a beating on our buildings. What kind of projects um, fit into the grant requirements? Yes, um, the grants have some specific requirements around what types of projects can be applied for, and um, the grants are different each year, so they they vary between hospital and emergency service grants one year, and the next year would be a school or higher education grant program. That said, the, the specific projects have to apply within those windows, those different year windows, Um, And the project itself uh, is anything that physically upgrades the building, and it has to be the the majority of the building needs to be brought up to to, uh, the current uh, seismic code, which is in the um, state of Oregon's building code requirement. The strategy is basically to update um, buildings. We've got a series of large buildings on campus, um, some of them a little smaller than others, but most of our buildings are quite large uh, square footage and multiple stories and the theory behind the grant is to basically upgrade um, sections of the building at a time so we'll take uh, say like the south hospital we'll take a 
wing of that hospital is broken down into four different wings, um, A, B, C, D wing, and we'll upgrade like a whole wing, say C wing would be upgraded to the current seismic code. The requirement within the seismic grant is to upgrade the entire portion of that building or the entire building itself. Um, so we have to creatively designate which sections of the uh, of the building are being upgraded to to meet the grant requirements. And we can't just upgrade a, a, a single elevator or a single piece of steel in a building. The entire system has to be upgraded to the most uh, current grant requirements. Breaking down these projects into smaller sections of a building allows us to accomplish our goals uh, actually quicker and uh, more cost-effectively. So can you talk about uh, life safety versus immediate occupancy standards? So the grant, the seismic grant program has two different requirements based on the type of building type you are. So if you're an emergency services or a hospital space, you have to um, bring your building seismically up to what they call the immediate occupancy requirement. And if you're a school project or a higher education project, you only have to meet this lesser level, which is called life safety. Um, Life safety basically means that um, the building has been upgraded to the point where if there was earthquake damage, that people will be able to safely exit the building without being um, impacted by large pieces of the infrastructure um, falling down on them. For the immediate occupancy side of of things, um, that basically means that the building has to maintain operations after an earthquake. So the building has to be seismically supported and resilient enough to resist the actual uh, earthquake forces, the shaking back and forth and up and down, and then maintain functionality after that happens and resist all the other future aftershocks. Um, so it's a very rigorous, that's actually the highest um, level of requirement that this structural code has. And these grants for the hospital projects um, have to meet immediate occupancy. Whereas our school projects on the university side, on the academic side, only have to meet the life safety requirement to get people safely out of the building. Tell us about OHSU's grant awards. Yes, we have two grant awards that were just recently awarded in 2015 that I wrote on behalf of the organization. One is for uh, Dornbecker Children's Hospital, and the other is for South Hospital, the retaining wall at the location where the current School of Dentistry is coming down. The grant for Dornbecker Children's Hospital is really fascinating because it's all centered around the foundational support of the building down where um, Garage F is currently located. And that parking garage basically helps provide the support for the foundation of the building. And that grant will um, reinforce and upgrade the uh, foundational support on that uh, section of the hospital building. And that project will be happening in the near future. The South Hospital Retaining Wall Project, which is part of the demolition of the School of Dentistry, it's an exciting kind of tear down and build up at the same time. That project is currently moving forward. It's nearly complete, actually. Um, The retaining wall is uh, wrapping up construction uh, over the next couple months. And um, that project will help provide support for the South Hospital along the uh, A wing of the South Hospital and the Campus Drive uh, road that comes alongside that building. There's also a series of uh, utility lines that serve all of campus coming right through that space. 
There's steam lines and power, natural gas, and a number of other systems that are being fed right through there. Um, pneumatic tube is also going there that spreads between the KCI Institute and South Hospital. So it's a very busy connection right there, and it's, it's very important to the to campus, and we need to make sure we maintain that those functionality and uh, support that space uh, with some seismic supports. Why are grants like this so important, and how do they fit into already scheduled projects? These grants are quite important because we've got a number of aging buildings on campus. Um, conversely, a number of newer buildings that are coming up on the waterfront as well and some other locations on, on campus here. So we have a mix of different building types and different ages of buildings, and it's important to um, have a bit of a strategy on how we want to upgrade our buildings and provide safe physical environment for folks to work in and, and, and research and um, provide uh, knowledge and learning to our future students as well as uh, provide a safe environment for our, for our patients. How do you integrate these grants with design and construction? So these grants, as they come out through alternating years, uh, takes a bit of coordination on the on the design and construction and campus planning side, uh, as they those teams have developed their master plans on what projects they want to develop um, into the future. Um, facilities is taking a role in that as well, addressing any kind of uh, deferred maintenance or, or backed up uh, maintenance work that needs to be performed on our buildings. Um, we try to integrate. Uh, our efforts into their major capital projects at the same time. So these grants uh, come alongside all that other work that's already happening and provide another impetus to do even more than we potentially would have in the past. And it gives us a kind of the push over the finish line. Without the grant, we wouldn't be able to complete that major structural work. How do you identify and keep track of building needs? So we've developed a number of different tools to keep track of our long-term building needs. Um, campus planning and design and construction both have uh, long-range uh, master planning and strategies on, on um, addressing capital project needs. And then facilities has a, uh, a long list of uh, deferred maintenance projects that we bring forward at every fiscal year to be able to um, have an opportunity to make these improvements to the buildings and upgrade the equipment and infrastructure and other items like that. These grants really help us make big improvements to the infrastructure in the, in the long term. So we're able to anticipate when the grants were going to be coming out and the dollar amounts as well. So um, the grants are increasing in, a, in dollar amount and we're able to use those that money to make major improvements to the buildings where in the past we ha didn't have as much ability to do that because the grants were smaller dollar amounts or we had to come up with matching funds. In addition to uh, the existing uh, processes that um, the other divisions are the other missions have been working on with campus planning, design, and construction and facilities. So we've developed a list of uh, Markham Hill campus buildings and their uh, structural types and the years that they were built and have a, more of a comprehensive strategy moving forward, working collaboratively with campus planning, design and construction, and uh, risk management as well on the insurance side to address a number of uh, opportunities to go forward and, and make our buildings more resilient for the future. Besides these grants, are there other plans in place for ongoing building upgrades? Yes, there are. Um, we don't just wait for these grants to come forward and, and present themselves as an opportunity. We have an ongoing process of uh, making sure that we're addressing a number of upgrades within our buildings. We're constantly making upgrades to our equipment on the facility side, uh, making sure that we've got better and more, more um, updated equipment. We've also been making a number of uh, building upgrades and uh, fire uh, safety upgrades to our buildings. Uh, some of that comes from the insurance company, 
they're asking us to make um, upgrades to our buildings on the fire system side, uh, as well as coming from uh, Center for Medicare, Medicaid, or CMS side of things in the Joint Commission coming in and asking us to make uh, specific upgrades to our buildings to make the uh, provision of care or providing a safer uh, environment for our patients in those spaces. All right. Well, Matt, thank you for the information and thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. For more on the project to demolish the old school of dentistry building, Josh talked with Jennifer Taylor and Dan Van Brabant in Design and Construction. Hi, Jennifer and Dan. Thanks for joining the conversation today. Let's start by telling our audience your roles at OHSU. Jennifer, you can start. Hi, I'm Jennifer Taylor, and I am the Director of Design and Construction here at OHSU. And I'm Dan Van Braben. I'm a Project Manager for Design and Construction. Uh, Jennifer, can you explain the old dental school building project to our listeners? Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about it. So um, when CLSB was built down on the South Waterfront, and I think that opened in about 2014, um, they also built the Scordis Tower, which is the new home of the dental school down there. So by moving the dental school down to the South Waterfront, we were able to close the old dental school building here. And um, now we're demoing that building, which provides space for future building, potentially a tower in the future or something like that. But it's kind of precious space up here on the hill for a new, um, a new infill building site. When was the last time there was any space up on the hill for a, a brand new project like that? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. You know, they uh, have built out uh, LBRB was one of the last projects um, and um, Kohler Pavilion. They always seem to find new sites to put uh, to, to put buildings in, but that site of the School of Dentistry is a particularly large one. Um, with good access, and so it's um, a valuable site for us to be able to develop in the future. Many people pass the project site every day, and it's hard to notice a lot of change. Can you explain the work going on inside the building? Yeah, you bet. Um, We've been working inside the building for the past several months. Uh, We call it soft demolition, removing all the interior walls. Any um, potentially hazardous materials have been carefully removed, and um, anything that could potentially generate dust as we're demoing the rest of the building has been uh, bagged and removed from the building. Um, Currently, uh, we just finished putting in tiebacks. The north wall of the School of Dentistry holds up Upper Campus Drive. And in order to demolish the building, we have to basically build a retaining wall inside the building before we can actually take the structure down. Wow. So the tiebacks are all in place, and we're in the process of shot-creating that back wall right now. So does that involve building almost a wall inside the school that's there now, inside the wall that's there? That's absolutely correct. That's exactly what we're doing. Tiebacks, reinforcing uh, strong backs, structural steel strong backs, and then shotcrete over the whole kit and caboodle. And then when the the building is de- uh, demolished, will that that new wall will still be there, and the rest of it will just come down around it? Is that the? Theory? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. If the building didn't have to. If we didn't have to do the retaining wall at the back of the building, we could have torn it down much faster. I mean, it's actually a relatively complex, expensive project mm-hmm. for a demolition. Um, but it's almost like knitting the way they had to string the the whalers, the steel whalers through, um, and then attach them to the, the rock anchors in the back wall. So it was yeah. really... Yeah, you refer to it as construction surgery. 
How does this uh, demolition differ from other buildings that have been demolished on campus? Well, the the retaining wall that I explained is a is a big difference. Um, another component is the the location of the building. Right, you've got KCI on one side, you've got the hospital on another side, Dornbecker Children's. So it's an extremely sensitive area. So we've gone to great lengths to make sure that we're mitigating noise, vibration, uh, any potential uh, dust that's generated from the demolition of the building. Uh, the manner in which we're going to take the building down is a little bit unique. We're using a, what's called a long arm excavator with a, a muncher tool on the on the head of the arm of the excavator that'll take the building down in small pieces. So help mitigate the dust. How are you making the demolition day a little more exciting for our patients? Uh, one of the things we're doing is uh, the demolition contractor uh, that we have on board has uh, the muncher tool that I mentioned. It's uh, it's a large steel piece of equipment and uh, the head of that muncher is painted in the shape of a dinosaur so any of the it's it you do have a little bit limited access from Dornbecker Children's Hospital to see it actually what's going on but the the children when they do look out the windows they'll see that dinosaur head munching away at the building <laughs> well, that'll make it a little bit more exciting yeah then we'll do some there are some live video feeds that are that are available that we've got online also can you tell our listeners, um, when is the demolition scheduled? We're scheduled to start January 2nd. We intentionally slated the rainy time of the year to, again, help keep that dust level down while we're demolishing. All right, well, Dan, Jennifer, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.